Good morning, readers. Today we are going to finish reading Gilly Hopkins. But first, yesterday I asked you to make a prediction about why Gilly would lie to William Ernest in her letters. Why would she do that? Here were some of your thoughts. Gilly is lying to W.E. because she wants W.E. to be happy, and she wants she wants them to, she wants him to think that there's lots of horses, and she wants him to be happy. I think that Gilly lied a lot to William Ernest in her letters because I don't think that she wants to admit that she's having a bad time, kind of, because. When she got to the Trotters in first place, she was making a fuss about wanting to go to her mom and having her family and stuff. And she went on and on about that most of her time with them. And then when she finally gets to go with her grandma, she's she doesn't want to admit that she's having a bad time with them because she went on and on about it all the time. So she doesn't want to admit that she's wrong. I think the reason that Gilly lied to William Ernest because earlier when she was telling him that like he had to she was gonna leave she he thought that there was gonna be horses and she didn't want to disappoint him because obviously William Ernest really looked up to Gilly as a person and I don't think she just I think Gilly just wanted him to be like excited for her and she'll know and. So he'll know that she's having a fun time. And the only way she can do that is by lying. I think that she's lying to everybody because I think that she's just scared and she has anxiety because she's going to see her mom. And she has no idea what it's going to be like. And I think that that might affect her. So I think that that's why. But I really don't know. So Gilly's probably lying to William Ernest because... He, Gilly is probably wanting um, William Ernest to think that um, that Gilly's having the best time, but she's probably not. She's really not, and she think she's just probably lying because she, she's saying, "Oh my God, I'm having so much fun," even like other than her school, and then and she probably was trying to make William Ernest come with Trotter. Bye. Hi, this is Sabrina, and I think that Gilly is lying to William Ernest because, um, maybe because he thought that Gilly was going to have horses and stuff, and Gilly is telling him that she does have horses, and Gilly wants to make sure that he knows that Gilly is having a good time. Even if Gilly doesn't actually think that she's having a good time, she wants William Ernest to think that she's having a good time. And she wants, like, William Ernest to just, like, not think that Gilly's not having fun and stuff. She just wants William Ernest to be having a fun time, not worrying about Gilly. Bye, and that was Sabrina. I think that Gilly is lying to William Ernest because... She's really not having a good time over there, but she doesn't want William to know that because it's like she doesn't she doesn't want um him to be worried about her.
The Great Gilly Hopkins, Chapter 15, Homecoming. The plane was late. It seemed to Gilly that everything in this world that you can't stand to wait one extra minute for is always late. Her stomach was pretzeled with eagerness and anxiety. She stood sweating in the chill of the huge waiting room, the perspiration pouring down the sleeves of her new blouse. She'd probably ruin it and stink besides. Then, suddenly, when she'd almost stopped, straining her eyes with looking at it, the door opened and people began to come off the motor lounge into the airport. All kinds of people, all sizes, all colors, all of them rushing. Many looking about for family or friends, finding them with little cries of joy and hugs. Tired, fussy babies, children dragging on their mothers, businessmen, heads down, swinging neat, thin leather briefcases. Grandparents, laden with shopping bags of Christmas presents. But no Courtney. The pretzel turned to stone. It was all a lie. She would never come. The door blurred. Gilly wanted to leave. She didn't want to cry in the stupid airport. But just at that moment, she heard Nani say in a quavering voice, Courtney. Hello, Nani. But this person wasn't Courtney. It couldn't be Courtney. Courtney was tall and willowy and gorgeous. The woman who stood before them was no taller than Nani and just as plump, although she wore a long cape, so it was hard to make out her real shape. Her hair was long, but it was dull and stringy, a dark version of Agnes Stokes's, which had always needed washing. A flower child gone to seed. Gilly immediately pushed aside the disloyal thought. Nani had sort of put her hand on the younger woman's arm in a timid embrace, but there was a huge embroidered shoulder bag between the two of them. This is Galadriel, Courtney. For a second, the smile, the one engraved on Gilly's soul, flashed out. The teeth were perfect. She was face to face with Courtney Rutherford Hopkins. She could no longer doubt it. Hi. The word almost didn't come out. She wondered what she was supposed to do. Should she try to kiss Courtney or something? At this point, Courtney hugged her, pressing the huge bag into Gilly's chest and stomach and saying across her shoulder to Nani, She's as tall as I am, sounding a little as though Gilly weren't there. She's a lovely girl, said Nani. Well, of course she is. Gilly stepped back and smiled her gorgeous, heart-shattering smile. She's mine, isn't she? Nani smiled back, rather more weakly than her daughter had. Maybe we should get your luggage. I've got it here, said Courtney, slapping her shoulder back. It's all right here. Nani looked a little as though she'd been smacked in the face. But, she began and stopped. How many clothes can you wear in two days? Two days? Then Courtney had come to get her after all. I told you on the phone that I'd come for Christmas and see for myself how the kid was doing. But when I sent you the money... Courtney's face was hard and set with lines between the brows. Look, I came, didn't I? Don't start pushing me before I'm hardly off the plane. My God, I've been gone 13 years and you still think you can tell me what to do. She slung the bag behind her back. Let's get out of here. Nani shot Gilly a look of pain. Courtney. 
She hadn't come because she wanted to. She'd come because Nani had paid her to, and she wasn't going to stay, and she wasn't going to take Gilly back with her. I will always love you. It was a lie. Gilly had thrown away her whole life for a stinking lie. I gotta go to the bathroom, Gilly said to Nani. She prayed they wouldn't follow her there because the first thing she was going to do was vomit, and the second was run away. She tried to vomit, but nothing happened. She was still shaking from the effort when she dropped her coins in the pay telephone beside the restroom and dialed. It rang four times. Hello? Trotter, it's me, Gilly. God, don't let me break down like a baby. Gilly, honey, where are you? Nowhere. It doesn't matter. I'm coming home. She could hear Trotter's heavy breathing at the other end of the line. What's the matter, baby? Your mom didn't show? No, she came. Oh, my poor baby. Gilly was crying now. She couldn't help herself. Trotter, it's all wrong. Nothing turned out the way it's supposed to. How you mean supposed to? Life ain't supposed to be nothing except maybe tough. But I always thought that when my mother came. My sweet baby, ain't no one ever told you yet. I reckon I thought you had it all figured out. What? But all that stuff about happy endings is lies. The only ending in the world is death. Now that might or might not be happy, but either way, you ain't ready to die, are you? Trotter, I'm not talking about dying. I'm talking about coming home. But Trotter seemed to ignore her. Sometimes in this world, things come easy, and you tend to lean back and say, well, finally, happy ending. This is the way things are supposed to be, like life owed you good things. Trotter! And there's lots of good things, baby, like you coming to be with us here this fall. That was a mighty good thing for me and William Ernest. But you just fool yourself if you expect good things all the time. They ain't what's regular. Don't nobody owe them to you. If life is so bad, how come you're so happy? Did I say bad? I said it was tough. Nothing to make you happy like doing tough, doing good on a tough job, now is there? Trotter, stop preaching to me. I want to come home. You're home, baby. Your grandma is home. I want to be with you and William Ernest and Mr. Randolph. And leave her all alone? Could you do that? Damn it, Trotter, don't try to make me stick and Christian out of me. I wouldn't try to make nothing out of you. There was a quiet at the other end of the line. Me and William Ernest and Mr. Randolph kind of like you the way you are. Go to hell, Trotter, Gilly said softly. A sigh. Well, I don't know about that. I plan on settling them permanently somewhere else. Trotter. She couldn't push the word hard enough to keep the squeak out. I love you. I know, baby. I love you, too. She put the phone gently on the hook and went back into the bathroom. There, she blew her nose on toilet tissue and washed her face. By the time she got back to an impatient Courtney and a stricken Nani, she had herself well under control. Sorry to make you wait, Gilly said. I'm ready to go home now. No clouds of glory, perhaps, but Trotter would be proud.
Hi there, readers. Mrs. Reese here. I really hope you enjoyed listening to The Great Gilly Hopkins by Katherine Patterson. This was the last chapter, so we're not going to do a voice message for next time. If you enjoyed this book by Katherine Patterson, she has written many, many books. She's won many awards like the Newbery Medal and the National Book Award. I would recommend that you consider reading Bridge to Terabithia or maybe even The Master Puppeteer or a book called Liddy or Jacob Have I Loved. These are all extremely famous books by Katherine Patterson that are really incredible. Thank you for listening readers and happy reading. See you next time.